why, why are we starting a podcast? Why are we starting it? Why now? All of a sudden after yoga for BJJ has been around for seven years. Uh, have we actually started now? I don't know. Sure. We, yes. No, no, no. no. Sure. <laughs> we have to start like this. Untapped. Yeah. Untapped. A podcast by yoga for BJJ. And I'll give you, I'll give you like a sign when we're done. Like, let's finish up. We'll, be, we'll have a safe word that I need to edit things out. The safe word can be <laughs> peanut butter. Then, then we'll okay. know that I need to edit yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> That's a good name, well, how, hey, Adam. How do, you, how, how do you like the name, Adam? Uh, why do you think it's called Untapped? What, what, what would your initial gut, gut reaction be to Untapped? Uh, like it's not been tapped out yet, I guess. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. And then uh, it's uh, Untapped. The, the resources on that there's still there's a lot of potential there i just think it'd be really cool for the first one to be a few outtakes and then start i think it'd be quite funny but, <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a great idea yeah yeah, like, yeah okay yeah. let's People go like that. untapped a yoga for bjj podcast we have sebastian <laughs> sebastian brochet cooking in his kitchen from norway what are you cooking I'm cooking uh, um, cabbage, cabbage falafel. <laughs> wow, that looks amazing. Hidden talent, hidden talent. Every, everyone's coming over for dinner. Nice. Wow. What time is it there? Uh, it's in the middle of the day. Uh, no, it's in the morning. I don't even know. Where are you, Sarah? <laughs> it's cooking time. Yeah. I am in uh, Kelowna, BC in Canada. And... It's actually one in the morning here. So I've got some pretty, pretty heavy commitment and a little <laughs> bit of coffee. <laughs> and Adam, where are you? Hey, I'm on uh, Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. So uh, I'm lucky enough to be on Fight Island. Yeah. Tell what us Fight Island? Fight Island, uh, UFC Fight Island. Uh, yeah, a few UFC events here. I'm, I'm lucky enough to work on them. So. Uh, I'm sat in my hotel room talking to you two. <laughs> so it's so, so yeah. Fight Island, they, they actually bought an island and they just fight on it. That they, UFC bought it and that's what they do there. It looks like it. Yeah, it looks like that's what they're going to do now. Um, okay. Yeah, UFC fights on an island, basically. I think the rest of the island is open, but we've got a like safe zone that we've got to stay in. So, yeah, it's good fun. Great. Why? So, why are we calling it Untapped Podcast? Why are we calling it Untapped? You're asking me. Yeah. <laughs> let's, have, let's, have, let's have Adam answer that. Adam, why is it called Untapped? Untapped. Uh, it's not, not been tapped yet. We want it to sound jujitsu-y and um, fresh content that's not been covered, hopefully. Uh, different interviews with different people, not just the same stuff you hear over and over again. Um, so, you know, we might interview the people that have been on podcasts before, but we're going to go for a new angle and, uh, hopefully get some interesting interviews. Yeah. It, I think, uh, so many podcasts and, and people I listen to, it seems like after I listen to a few of their, when I kind of get to virtually know them, it, there seems to be many more questions than I had before that I would like to know. Uh, so the more the more I learn about someone, the more curious I become. And like, what does what do they really mean? And if there is a contradiction, I would love to follow up and kind of 
challenged them with, a, with my uh, white belt level of understanding contradiction. And I was like, hey, I'm thinking this and this because you said A and B. What do you really mean? Uh, so it seems like everybody is like a huge uh, uh, untapped resource of, of information. Uh, and I would love to, to interview and follow up on, on uh, as much as I have heard them talk on later. Um, that's that's my, uh, my angle. But um, I think it would be really cool, uh, a cool format that all of us interview different people. So we do... I do one episode, Adam does the next one, Sarah does the next one, because we are three very different people. And I think that will um, really show in the podcast that uh, we think differently and we will interview different people. I think it will be a great uh, balancing uh, force. I think so. Different people, different viewpoints, different life experiences, different sides of the world. So it'll be really cool to have all three of those views. Yeah, yeah, and it'd be cool to find out, you know, what, I don't know, what TV show the world champion's been watching recently, or, you know, that we can tie it into jiu-jitsu, obviously, but, you know, you want to learn things about people as well, not just jiu-jitsu, um, you know, what other training they do, um, you know, what, what they're, I don't know, just just different conversations. We all, we all know the kind of main stories that, um, that people talk about on, on podcasts. So it'd be good to get mm. other content uh, and, and learn about people because you only really know about jujitsu. You know, people could have yeah. really interesting lives out of jujitsu. So I think it's important yeah. to get that. Uh, when you say that, what, the first thing that comes to my mind is the email we got from the, for the online teacher training yesterday from a woman from India. And she says that uh, India is kind of waking up uh, out of the hunting uh, for money uh, mindset that everybody, every country goes through this like money, 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 money. And then, hey, where's my health? Where's my family? Where's my friends? Where, where did my life go? And India ha has over a billion people, like 1.2 billion people. And she says the middle class and, and people are starting to wake up to realize that life is so much more than hunting for money. Um, so I think when, when I read her email, it really struck me that this, the jiu-jitsu is about so much more than tapping someone or just grinding uh, every like five, five trainings a week and trying to win the next championship. Jiu-jitsu is so desperately needed for everybody who struggles with ikigai, uh, which means it's the Korean for uh, purpose, a, a reason to step out of bed in the morning. And jiu-jitsu can we all know it we take it so much for granted but for someone who is new to jiu-jitsu and watching this podcast jiu-jitsu is like the it's like the it's a virus 10 times more uh, as, as, uh, what do you call it as effective as, uh, effective it's easier to catch it than than covid jiu-jitsu when it bites you you're you're done there is no vaccine against uh, jiu-jitsu and it really draws you in and it usually draws other people with you with you with you so it's your your wife uh, I had a friend here yesterday, his uh, wife is 46, and he's like uh, 39, I think, and uh, she, she gets drawn into it. I gave, uh, gave him one of my smaller geese, and she just put it on immediately, and like, she didn't train jiu-jitsu, but she's already excited about this new thing, uh, because it's so different from everything else. And, and what I'm trying to get at, to summarize my uh, random blabbering, is that jiu-jitsu draws every aspect of your life into it. How do you sleep? How do you eat? W what other stuff do you do? Do you walk in nature? All of this will 
affect your jiu-jitsu and it like jiu-jitsu will be your main priority like which kind of job should i get next so that i can train wednesday that's not a a thought that would ever occur to someone who has to train jiu-jitsu like hmm, i'm gonna change my job and, and reschedule my life so that i can participate in the open mat on saturday like who does that everybody that trains jiu-jitsu does that and and you have so many angles and so many aspects like breath I, I will definitely interview a, a friend of mine from my yoga studio in Norway. She's a pulmonary doctor and a specialist on the most rare cases of uh, breathing problems. And she knows so much about CO2 and breath, it's ridiculous. So I will look forward to interview her, like going into almost uh, satanic detail in how the breath works and the molecule exchange. And for, like, it doesn't matter at all, you, it seems, but when you are taking this from a jiu-jitsu perspective, it's like, ah, that's why, I, what does it mean to gas out? We, we say gas out, but we're not literally running out of gasoline. What are we meaning? Are there different types of gassing out? Like stuff like this will be so interesting to someone who is in the jiu who has been uh, infected with a jiu-jitsu virus. I'm done. Another aspect to add to that is the mental side of it. Like for me, for going into tournaments, I've gone into tournaments where I've been in the best shape of my life, but I haven't performed well because mentally I wasn't there. And then um, Masters Worlds, I'm a master, I'm old, but Masters Worlds, I actually had pneumonia and then I went through antibiotics. So I, act, I wasn't, you know, back to 100% yet. And then I competed, but because mentally I was so there, I did really well. So it was the mental aspect that's super, super important that you wouldn't even think of. So jiu-jitsu, like everything that you're saying, the lifestyle, the work, the training, the friends, then there's a whole other mental aspect of it, which is, yeah. I think, an addictive challenge. <laughs> mm. What do you think, Adam? What does jiu-jitsu yeah. do for you? No, well, I agree with what you're saying about the mental aspect, because um I, i've always struggled with my my confidence in my like competition game uh, and i spoke to a mind coach and he kind of helped me create like a alter ego which isn't that popular uh yet but i you know and I, I kind of step into someone else almost when i compete now just in my mind and uh that's helped me massively so you're right it's definitely it'd be good to get you know someone that that understands that side of things to explain it because um you know, you having the belief in someone else, but you know, within you, uh, that, that can help. So definitely, as you said, the, the mental side is huge and, and the breath work, you know, it's not just, just going to a competition, chilling out and, and smashing it. And then, uh, and then going home, posting your medal, that's fine. But there's so much on the build up to that. Obviously the training, the, the hours put in, but there's so much around that. So it'd be good mm. to get people's take on that. And, uh, yeah, I think we've got, we've got the kind of, platform for that already i think just because we've got people that follow we've got people interested in jiu-jitsu and alternative training with the yoga for bjj you know people that want to not be injured and broken or be less injured and broken from jiu-jitsu um mm. so we've got people exploring other things that's not just jiu-jitsu i think everyone as you said sebastian everyone has that awkward conversation with their boss where they're like can i come in late on uh, on saturday you know and then, and then you come in all, all battered and they want to know what you've done um you know pe people are exploring things around jiu-jitsu that's not just jiu-jitsu so i think it'd be a really good podcast for that yeah mm. definitely yeah. And, and of course we will 
We, one thing that uh, made Yoga for BGJ grow from 20 members in 2013 to however members we have now, I don't even know, and it doesn't matter, but it grew like 100x since then at least. Uh, so what, one thing that really made a difference is listening carefully to people's critique and being able to filter because a lot of critique is just completely stupid and unfounded and some critique is like oh this is our blind spot this is what we missed so we will do the same with this untapped podcast that uh, we listen to the feedback and uh, all the all the stupid comments will just be ignored but then the, the valuable uh, thought through criticism will change the structure of the podcast so if you guys take the time to listen think and then formulate your, uh, your uh, critique or reply or, or feedback, it will shape the future of the podcast 100%. Yeah, even if we can, yeah, as you said, you know, if we can create a discussion from our podcast as well, like if people comment and what their thoughts are, it could create another podcast there because they'll have their yeah. take on it. And mm -hmm. Hopefully that'll be good. A bit more interactive than your usual podcast, which is just... A, an interview um yeah. a bit you know, a conversation that creates a conversation so i'm sure that since we will only do four podcasts each per year so one podcast per month uh plus minus uh you will want to talk a lot more about the stuff you talked about in the last podcast and we will probably do that in the weekly live stream ama so every week we're doing a live stream on yoga for bjj and then like 20 30 minutes before we go on on uh, social media and we just battle to the bone where we'll probably uh, digest a lot of what we did in the last podcast there right yeah that that'll be good because yeah then, then we're getting those questions we, we can answer them right there. and yeah yes that's good good point i think it's so big to have a podcast because i know i love listening to them and getting inside of people's heads and i like what adam is saying the more informal, because it's like, I want to know what the world champions do in their day to day, because you see on the Instagram, the Instagram is always everyone's perfect world. And I'm like, that's not what you do every day. That's your perfect picture. So mm -hmm. to hear what these people do as humans every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to hear too about, about their losses, about just all that other stuff too, because it's something that I can relate to. It's like, oh, they're human too. And they're world champion mm -hmm. and look where they are. So just the podcast, listening to all of that. Yeah, and one of our main missions, I believe, at least my, you can do whatever kind of podcast you want, as long as we keep the same format, but you can be whoever you want. I know that who I want to be is I want to try to penetrate the facade because everybody needs a facade because if you're completely open, some people are so ignorant that they will like trash you even without intention. But you need a facade and a shield to put up in front of you to just filter out all the, all the BS. Uh, mm -hmm. But I want to penetrate the facade and try to get to what people say when we click stop recording and then you have the chat afterwards. That's what, where I want to try to penetrate and see what people really want. And if there is something really controversial in my podcast, I will try to get at least one person a year to be anonymous. Someone that everybody know, know who it is. And we can even alter the voice so that you can't hear the voice um, so that they can say exactly what they mean about uh, uh, if it's steroids or whatever it is that it can be controversial. I want to hear their true thoughts without them risking their public uh, figure and getting attacked in uh, slow graphing or whatever uh, other platform that uh, kind of can be uh, a, a bit, you know, polarized. 
So I, w I definitely want to try to get to that and see, maybe interview someone who did steroids back in the 90s and like, how did you think? How is things different now? How did you justify it then? How have you grown? Uh, or are you still blind to, you know, uh, these questions that no one ever dares to ask, it can come, uh, have the space to come forward if we, if we do anonymous interviews. So that's definitely something I plan to do. That's going to be so good. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> uh, should we talk about ourselves a bit too? Introduce ourselves and even training. Are you, are you training fashion during COVID? Not really, hey? Family farm time? I'm in a better shape than a friend. I have a friend who is like a super heavy guy and he's in like, he looks super strong. He trains in the gym every day. And he trains jiu-jitsu with a few friends in his close circle. And uh, when he comes to the farm, like I, I love the guy because he comes here and helps me more than I could ever ask for. Uh, but he's weak as shit. Like he, I, he, he, he was struggling carrying two big two by sixes, and I took four. Like, what's the problem? I'm like, if you look, you look like a, a Greek god. Why are you working out in the gym every day? He's like. To look good, of course. <laughs> he said that jokingly, but I'm in fucking super strong. I'm super strong condition compared to that weak guy. And he's a lot, of course, he, he doubles every weight that I do in the gym, at least, maybe triples. But when it comes to farmer strength, he's uh, way behind. So I feel uh, my ego wants to say that I'm in tip top shape. I would probably get smashed by a, a, a white belt six year old. But uh, I, at least in my head, I feel uh, great. There's something to be said for that day in and day out, just moving the hay bales. You want, you one time posted a video and I actually watched the whole thing and I'm like, how many hay bales is he moving? And I'm like, am I really watching this whole thing? And it was like, it was a long video and I just watched the whole thing. I'm like, does he do that every day? I don't do it every day. I do it twice a year, but the, the real thing you want to do is the, is the iron bar where you put down poles. That's a, that's a work for, that, that separates the, the girls from the women, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think, I think the farm strength um, definitely trumps the gym. Like my boyfriend's worked on the rigs and stuff and he has that strength like you do. He's so strong and he's only a white belt. Hey, but he goes to the gym and the guy's like, why is he so strong? I'm like, I don't, I don't, he just is. I work out all the time, but he's way stronger. But I think it's mental strength too. It's like, Hey, I got to feed the animals. Okay. I got to do this. Like, it's just what you do. Whereas in the yeah. gym, it's like, all right, I've got to make it through another 20 minutes of these reps. Like it's not a big deal when you've got like mm. two or three hours of that farm stuff. It's hard, man. So Sarah, tell, tell us about yourself and you live uh, like really close to the North Pole uh, and uh, what's your plan with the, with the upcoming uh, plan to move house and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your uh, intricate personal life. <laughs> My personal life. Yeah, I'm in the North Pole. Um, we sometimes make igloos for fun. And my boyfriend has a property so we're looking at slowly building up a farm there and it's a lot more work than you would think <laughs> to start building it up. It was a cool experience though, because his dad is a logger and he's a logger. So then he got his dad out and then they were falling trees and to see these massive trees falling and then nothing gets wasted. So they're using their chainsaws to use it for like the cabin they want to build. But then um, talking about farm strength, my job was to get all the extra branches 
And that was freaking, it was like, it was uh, six, seven hours. And I'm like, I'm such a sissy. This is so hard. And the boys are there with the chainsaws and climbing trees. So that it was a really cool experience. And I love it because I think it does. It makes you physically and mentally a lot stronger and being out in nature. So we're slowly working on building that. And I love being outside. I love being outside. I've been doing some dirt biking. He got me a dirt bike. So really safe, all the safety gear, all that. But it's just being outside, being in nature on the farm, which has been really different because before COVID, it was all training, all weights, all inside, all tournaments, all work. And then now I'm sure for a lot of people now it's shifted where it's like, there's a world out here. Wow, this is pretty amazing. And isn't it ironic that all the weights in the gym, it's like, then you go out and work outside or work on the farm or whatever you're doing, you get way stronger out there. That's crazy. That should be uh, the subject of, of uh, one of our podcasts. We find someone who used to train a lot in the gym and then went in, into hiking or, or uh, mountain climbing, mountaineering or something. And we, we name it like farmer strength versus the gym strength or something. And we kind of dive deep into someone who has the, both experiences. That could be a cool episode. Yes. And I think of, well, Matt Hughes was a farmer and he was really strong, eh? Mm. They call him the farm boy. Mm. So yeah, lots of outside. And I think everybody has their underground fight club. So that's been fun. I got my black belt a year ago and all the black belts I train with, let me know that I'm in the white belt of the black belts. But, but <laughs> it's they're like, we're just going to let you know. And I'm like, thanks guys. Appreciate it. But someone else, one of my other training partners just got her black. So now she can be the white belt of the black belts. So that, that'll be a nice, a nice relief for me. Huh. What about you, Adam? What's um, going on in Adam land? What do you do in your life? Well, we, so we can't train properly together yet. Um, so, um, I mean, the gyms have opened again. So, I mean, you guys are working on your farmer strength. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm doing none of that farmer strength stuff. I'm at the gym. I'm on my cross trainer. <laughs> no, I'm doing weights and, uh, and like the odd kettlebell workout and stuff. Um, I'm a lot of my workouts at the moment are, are kind of, I'm trying to get better at handstands. So, I'm doing a lot of core stuff, a lot of like handstand holds and things at the gym. And then I'll do like a different body part workout. But, How long uh, do you do it for? And you're working on your handstands at the gym. Um, the first probably like 15, 15 minutes at the gym, I'll do some work on handstands, 15, yeah, 20 minutes maybe. And then I'll, then I'll get on with the normal workout. But Are you warm luckily, when you do that? Um, I'll warm up whilst I'm doing it. So I'll warm up okay. my core, my shoulders and all that. But yeah. No farmer strength, unfortunately. I need to come out to the farm. Maybe that's what Sebastian's trying to do. He's trying to get me to come to the farm for like a week and he's just going to work me hard. And he's like, yeah, you'll be strong, you'll be strong. Yeah, the friend who was here yesterday, I didn't meet him for a couple of years. He's a, he's a, he used to be a power lifter and he lifts like 300 kilos in the classic deadlift. So he's ridiculously strong. And he set his personal record after starting uh, yoga. Uh, it taught him how to breathe and prepare and really, really find that extra little inch of the strength. But uh, when he wrote like, hey, uh, can I come over today on my bike? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, bring your gloves because this is not a coffee meeting. Like, if you want to come here, then, uh, then you got to work while we're, while we're <laughs> catching up. And he's like, yeah, that's no problem. So those are basically the only friends I have left. It's like a handful, less than a handful of people who, who like, hey, can we come visit and uh, have a nice chat? Like, yeah, while we're... Uh, 
putting down poles will have a shed. <laughs> Are you worried while like, all your friends just call you on the phone now? No one comes to see you. <laughs> yes, you work in yes, 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 yes. Is and that why you keep us around? Uh, we'll see how, how good you are, but uh, you know, um, <laughs> if you if you have if you want to come visit and you have two hands, then you're qualified. <laughs> I'm because there is a list. There is a list. Uh, having a having a farm is like playing StarCraft two, and you're like, why? Uh, because in StarCraft there is a, a list of at least a hundred things you should be doing, but you have to prioritize and only do the top ten. That's, that's exactly how it is to have a farm. Like you, you, you should be in an ideal world, you would split yourself in hundreds and do everything, but you basically only have five hours extra every day that you're not doing all the chores, maximum five, maybe three. And if you have a kid, you have half an hour. So then you have to, you have to be so good at prioritizing and planning that it's ridiculous. So like what type every, of chores? No, I'll do a, I do a whole episode on, on the, I, I, when we do the farmer strength episode, I will, <laughs> but everything, everything that he's doing, housework, um, animal maintenance, walking the dogs, uh, just the logistics, moving thing here and there, making sure you have all the pantries, cooking, if you want to cook, uh, eat healthy, then you have to cook from scratch. So basically you're, you're always behind at least 16 steps. So as soon as someone comes to visit and they can help you catch up. It's like a huge relief. And I'm so grateful every time someone gives me half an hour of their time. My grandma is here and she's, uh, her hobby is uh, building log houses. So uh, my mother, my son's grand, uh, grandmother. So she's uh, 60, 65, I think, 64, 65. And she, uh, she builds a log house as a, uh, as a pastime. So wow. my, struggle, my struggle now is to get her to, to not use the chainsaw and just lifting big logs and try to help me with the cleaning the kitchen. And it's like, she's like, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to build a log house. I'm like, wow, it's a struggle. And uh, I don't think many people can relate to that struggle, but uh, that's my life. Your grandma runs a chainsaw? No, not my grandma. My mother and my, my sons. I call her grandma because we call her, we call her what my son calls her but it's my my mother she's uh, she's uh, retired she's 60 60 plus and she she just builds the house from scratch i help her lift the heaviest logs but then she'll manage the rest for herself she runs a chainsaw <laughs> she runs a, everybody runs a chainsaw you you'll have to learn uh, if you're going to move to a farm sir. a chainsaw is like your like your uh, uh you're Every, everybody needs it <laughs> you're staple yeah <laughs> Everybody I feel like you're those. just, I feel like you're just trying to set me up to help on the farm. You've already made the gaming reference as well with Starcraft, so it's like <laughs> just trying try to like cruel me in slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. just can't get over how tough Sebastian's mom is. No, I'll show you some pictures. I'll show you some pictures. Uh, can I share the screen? No, never mind. I'll do it. I do it later. I'll show some pictures. <laughs> That's amazing. I want to. I want to talk about a super quick thing. Uh, there is a, a girl in the one of the closest uh, small cities here. She they made a Facebook group which says "Let's beat the shit out of uh, this girl." I don't remember her name, uh, but there were like 15 people who were gonna meet up in school and just uh, beat the shit out of this 13-year-old girl. And uh, it came into the news, and you know she's she's uh, obviously bullied and and uh, feeling unsafe to go to school or even go to her hobbies. Uh, so a friend that runs the, the closest gym to me here, they just opened a couple of months ago. He said like you can uh, join our gym for free, and we'll teach you to to uh, fight back. 
and the, the, this girl's uh, dad was super thrilled and happy. Uh, and when he sent this to me, I also sent the guy like a free yoga for BJ subscription for the dad, and they could do yoga for BJ together to get like get in shape. And he's like, oh, that's super awesome. And then when I started thinking about like, if this is the reality where, where they single out the kid, I remember how it was in school, but everything gets exaggerated over time. And not exaggerated, it, it, uh, it gets worse and worse in uh, here and there. Some, in some places it gets better, but you know, the, with the nature of social media and, and uh, the online thing, it can be exas what we call it exacerbated. Uh, so if this is the new reality, then we really need to put, put uh, time and effort into thinking how we can change this. Because in, if, if it was my daughter, I would love the ideal condition would be that, okay, 15 people, she sees like, oh, there's a Facebook group. 15 people want to beat the shit out of me. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to come and I, I'll write in the group. I'll like request to join the group and, hey, guys, so you want to fight? Great. I'll show up at the date you and time you describe. Be prepared to fight all of you. I will be prepared. And if you guys come all at the same time, uh, you're dicks and you're pussies. But uh, if you come one by one, I'll beat the shit out of all of you. That's the confidence I would love to, my 13-year-old daughter to have. And that should definitely be uh, one of the priorities of everybody who runs a gym that you should make every kid that comes into the door bulletproof in a couple of years. Uh, at least have the confidence. Even if she gets the shit beaten out of her, at least she knew she... You know, because my friend who was here yesterday, he said the biggest mistake my parents made was if someone tries to beat the shit out of you, just run. You have a quick leg, run as much as, as fast as you can. And it's like, it was the worst because it just only got worse. I ran away from the problem and it kept chasing me. So that's the, and he didn't have martial arts and he started later in life. But he started working out instead and that's why he became a powerlifter to get strong. But it doesn't give you the same confidence as being able to kick someone's ass without hurting them. Because you don't want to keep, teach a 13 year old boxing because if they punch someone in the face and they fall back and you know pass out and hit their head, they die. It happened. He just told me about uh, someone else that this happened to, and he went to prison. Like they were kids, and he he punched the guy, and the guy died. Uh, this will never happen with jiu-jitsu. You can the this girl. She can be 13 years old, and she can fight one of the older boys that you know tries to bully her or even rape her, and she can she can beat him so bad that he feels like he's dying, but 10 minutes later he's in no pain. Like he can't even he can't even flip it around and go to court and and uh, have her, you know, because there is no visible injury. You can you can beat someone so hard with jujitsu without any legal consequences. That it's it's a great tool. Like nobody, you will be absolutely unfuckable when you know jujitsu. And I think this should be a priority for for every gym owner to have this uh, mindset to help these kids be bulletproof and not become bullies themselves. Yeah, I, th I think that's the other important thing, like you said, teaching kids not to become bullies as well, um, because sometimes it's not their fault. They could have really bad parents that haven't taught them that or bad, bad parents that bully them, which is a lot of the time why it happens. Yeah. So if you've got kids in your gym like that, teach them why it's not cool to bully someone, what it feels like, and, and then it just it's not going to happen hopefully but you know because it's it's not always the kids fault you, you know you look at them as bad kids but they're kids they're learning um yeah. so it could could just be bad parents and neglect so yeah i think that's important yeah. yeah yeah i think having like through my teaching having a lot of girls in my my women's kick kickboxing but then like i agree sebastian says i use it to get them into the jiu-jitsu 
and then the woman's self-defense too, where it's like to be a female and to be able to defend yourself is so massive. And even in the self-defense workshops, it's hard to teach something in like two hours or two and a half hours or even a four-part series. So the biggest things like kind of on like a bit of a different page, but some of the biggest things I tell the girls is like, you know, to, to train jitsu, you, to be able to defend yourself, you have to keep training. It has to go into muscle memory with wrestling. And that's, that's what we're doing on the mats. But then also like, if you feel like there's something weird in a situation, it's probably cause it is. Cause that's the intuition and the meaning of the word intuition means silent guardian. And it's really cool because it's the unconscious processing everything before the conscience does. So if it feels like there's something weird about a situation or if a person's weird or anything like that, something's out of its element, that's because it is. If you have that feeling, that's because it is. So in regards to like defending themselves, that I found was like the first step, which is incredibly important. And I've had like, I've gotten messages over the years of girls that message me and be like, oh, you know, thanks, thanks for that. Even just one workshop, thanks, thanks for that. That that got me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'm like, what mm. happened? What type of trouble are you getting into, you know? But it's just the jitsu is so massive. And even me working security, it was 10 years ago now. So I was like 22. I worked security at one of the craziest pubs in Kelowna at Rose's pub. And there was fights like almost every weekend. And I remember one where there was a guy, he was in the washroom for a long time. And then whenever someone's in the washroom for a long time, it's bad. Like he's probably on Coke or drinking or whatever. It's bad. And then he came out and I had some other black belts doing security, but they're at the very front. So it was me and then the security guards that didn't do jujitsu and this guy didn't feel anything. Like they grabbed his shirt, they hit him on the ground, like just on the concrete, trying to get him down. And then he took a beer bottle, broke it, and he's trying to swipe us with us. And now you have like a knife with like four or five edges. So they finally kind of got him down. And then I took his back. So just a rear naked choke and tight. And I'm like, okay, make sure he doesn't go out because I could like, no, he's high and he's drunk. Like if he goes out, he could die. It could be really bad. And then he went out and I'm like, this could be really bad. <laughs> so, so he handcuffed him and then he woke up and I'm like, okay, thank goodness. And he was so mad. He's like, who did that to me? What happened? And then, um, and no damage, just like Sebastian said, no damage. The police came, not, nothing happened. No, it didn't, didn't look bad at all, but we got, got control of the situation. So even having just that one jiu-jitsu move and knowing how to control and how to be safe in that, like for me, it's like, like obviously I have like a soft spot for females because I am one. Um, and having been in situations with fights, it's like, for me, especially when the girls come in the gym, the really, really cute, pretty ones, I'm like, you know, this isn't a hobby. Like, you need to do this. This should be mandatory. Yeah. And it should be mandatory for, for girls and, and guys to do the same uh, hobbies. Like, if you have, mm. if you have uh, young girls and young guys training together every, every day and learning to, uh, to defend uh, themselves against each other and uh, beat each other up, they're not going to do it in the pub. And the, the guys who train in, uh, with the, with the jiu-jitsu girls, they will be defending the girls when some idiot comes up in a club and, you know, starts some shit. So, so it's so many, there is a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of gardening. I have a really big garden that's overgrown with weeds, but I love it. Uh, and there is a, there's a saying called every problem in the world can be solved in the garden. And that's, that quote is so deep. Because you become a better person when you're in the garden. And all your problems that you have are basically solved just because you are in the garden. Plus, 
all the other layers that like if you can become self-sustainable and grow your own food and da 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 da. But th this is a it's a really profound uh, quote, and the same is true with jiu-jitsu. Like not maybe not every problem can be solved in jiu-jitsu mat, but uh, through the darker times of my life, jiu-jitsu you forget everything for 90 minutes. You spar, you have some good time, and now there is research showing that when you process trauma and bad experiences, when you're high on endorphins, serotonin, and all this, you rewrite your view on the problem. So even if you were traumatized as a child, like the worst kind of trauma, when you process this after you had a great training session, the, the memory becomes different. So like literally every problem that you have had can be solved when you are on the jiu-jitsu high. So I think this has, we will only, we, we are right now and most people don't follow us that don't do jiu-jitsu, but over the course of the next 10, 10, 15, 30 years, we will, they will like, oh, these guys were right all along and we will be old and like, yeah, we knew, but you know, we don't wanna, we don't wanna, uh, what do you call it, uh, gloat, but we were right. <laughs> There's been, um, we actually had one guy with us who was in the army and he wrote up a really cool article about how the army, how the, how jitsu helped with PSTD. And we've had some emails of how the yoga has helped with that too. And I'm curious to learn more about that in my life, like how the jiu-jitsu and even the, the yoga for BJJ helps with that PTSD. And I mm. think it's like the jiu-jitsu provides a way to, to get that control back because when PTSD usually comes from a loss of control, something happens in their life that that's out of their control and that's why it's traumatic or something's taken from them, can't control it. So the jiu-jitsu almost brings back that control because you can tap, you can learn to breathe, you can have that, just that mental, that mental focus and to learn that um, even when you're losing, you're not really losing, you know, oh, I'm stuck under mount. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna last under mount today for an extra three minutes before this jerk taps me out. Next time it's gonna be four minutes. That's been mm. my life with my training partners, but it's cool. Like there's so many layers to the jitsu and even talking about the kids, like what you're saying with the kids when they're really young, it's like, how can we change this next generation of kids? So they're not bullying and they're not beating up. It just, it changes the kids. It just makes them better people. Cause that's what Jitsu does as adults. But imagine it starting it as a kid. <laughs> it's unreal. Mm. Yeah. And every generation has to rediscover all the, the perks of life and uh, remake all the mistakes and the, 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 the oldest generations, the ones that are going uh, out, uh, they, they don't have the energy anymore. So mm -hmm. it, it, it falls on us, the adults right now, to shape the next generation to not make the worst kind of mistakes. Like we have to, because they're shit at prioritizing. They have a lot of energy, but they're shit at prioritizing. So we need to help them to prioritize. So basically, if you can survive between 13 and 20, you should be fine. Uh, and if we can, if we can take charge of you when you're when you're 13 or younger, and shape you for until you're 20, then you can be like as like, you can be how whoever you want. Just train jiu-jitsu with me for 10 years, and you can be whoever you want after that. If we can do that, we did themselves the we did them the biggest uh, favor possible because we they didn't start with cocaine on a party because they were training in the gym that night. And uh, if we can also teach them how to breathe, meditate do yoga and take care of themselves, eat healthy, drink water and sleep, 
then we just created the, the next generation of, of superhuman. And I think that's the best we can aim for. But uh, I think we wrap up there. What's the time, Adam? We're at 30 minutes, right? We're, we're on nearly 40 minutes. We're on nearly 40, 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah, okay. I've been waiting for my opportunity, yeah. but it's, it's, been, it's been flowing, so it's good. But yeah. I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, even the learning pattern that Jiu-Jitsu teaches you, just like, you know, come down, work hard. You'll, you'll beat someone. You'll pull something off. You won't get as beaten up. Uh, each time you train and oh here's a blue belt for how hard you've worked you know start working towards the next thing this you know mm. just just that learning pattern will make you want to eat better you know maybe get go to bed earlier and things because because you learn that working hard and grinding at something you level up you know you get that next mm. thing so mm. i agree but yeah nearly nearly well just over 40 minutes now so good good chat <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and i think this, this, i'm so excited to see who you guys are showing for for um, your first yeah your first i've got interview. a really good idea for uh, for my first one i won't oh, no spoilers no spoilers i've got I've mine got too i've got mine too oh, i got mine too i got one mine, mine is uh, someone i've wanted to interview since i read like for, 10 years ago a really unknown guy no one knows him but he's like notorious in in several sports so i'd love to interview him uh, uh anonymously and just hear everything he has to say. I hope he uh, responds yes to that one. Right, guys, the, the kitchen is calling. See you guys right. in the next episode. Yeah. Sounds See good. You soon. Yeah. Uh, follow us on socials and take care, everyone.